Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Jocks and Dykes Show! As always, your host, Ramon Collard, Adi Batal, and the amazing Dr. Asad Collard. Gone on you with the pick and roll, Younger Flame here in sickle mode. Yes, yes, yes. This is a brand new edition of the Jackson Doc Show, the number one sports injury brand and podcast. As always, I am your honorable host, Simon Khalid, joined by my esteemed colleagues, Adi, Lil N, Patel, and the physician with the best position, Dr. Asad Khalid. For those who don't understand that Lil N reference, we call Adi the N in our jocks and docs show. So he is the <laughs> little N in our show. Um, as always, please subscribe and give us a five-star review and let us know what you love about our show. Um, you can follow us on your favorite podcasting streaming applications, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, Anchor, all those great ones. Again, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at J-O-C-S-A-N-D-D-O-C-S for new content. And over the past week, we've had some... Uh, a huge influx. I don't know if I can consider it huge, but like 30 or 40 people uh, follow our Twitter. So that's shout huge out. for us. It is huge for us. And we are uh, three or four away um, at this time. Five. Get five away. The magic number is five. Five. We're actually losing followers because of a tweet I put out. But um, no regrets. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. But uh, we need more followers. So shout out to our followers, both old and new. Um, if you're a new person listening to this podcast, uh, send us tweets. You know, we'll give you a shout out on this podcast. We'll shout out your question. We're here for the people. We're a podcast of the people. So, you know, do your thing. Give us a podcast. Um, today is going to be a short podcast. Um, we're going to head it off with some non-sports news. Uh, then we're probably going to get into the injury report and then just talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. Um so let's just get started. Tomorrow is a pretty big day in our lives. I don't know about your lives, but uh, apparently, and it's not 100% sure, but the Avengers 4 trailer is dropping tomorrow. And this is totally not sports related. So if you guys don't want to listen to this and you want to skip right ahead to the entry report, that's probably coming up next. Uh, but we're talking about the Avengers because that's what we love. Uh, so us, we need some predictions. Adi, we need some predictions because... My prediction is that we're probably not going to get a lot in this trailer, and I hope we don't because I don't want the pod- I don't want the movie to be ruined for us uh, in May or I think it comes out in May, May or April. Um, but hopefully, we see some I don't know Iron Man, some Captain America. What are you guys hoping we see in, in this new trailer? I'm 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 considering not watching any of the trailers, like literally just not watching. <laughs> Because this is like literally like nine years of buildup has come for this exact movie, and I'm and like I don't want to be ruined, and I just want to say I, what I hope that I mean I think they're gonna probably do like you think it's gonna be a two minute trailer or it's gonna be like one of those one minute spot teasers. I think it's gonna be like a spot tease, right? It's it's probably gonna be a spot tease. That's my guess. Yeah, so I'm seeing like a lot of flashing images with like one mega guy in the background saying something like giving like a speech like this is the end blah 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 and then you know they're showing dramatic faces and then <laughs> yeah. boom avengers 4 that's that's, so, that's well there's got to be a captain marvel cameo right got i mean 
It's gotta I be. They're trying to root it. I mean, I, I mean, it's not rooted. I mean, yeah, but she, I mean, she had her own movie coming out, so I mean, there's yeah. got to be like cross promotion in some sort. Yeah, there's. I mean, I feel like there's a whole lot at stake. I mean, you're right. I actually wasn't even thinking about them just dropping a 30 minute, 30 second uh, clip and just you know completely screwing all of our screwing all the fans over. But I mean, we'll still watch it anyway, so it doesn't really matter what they put out tomorrow. But um, I mean, I think. I think at the very least they have to at least put in like one, one big one big moment that teases the movie a little bit that gets us all hyped and I don't know what it is but for sure it could be Captain probably, Marvel. You Go think ahead, it could be like maybe somebody resurrecting or something or re reappearing from pixels See, into a board? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think they'll I don't think they'll give away how everyone comes back in the trailer. That would be a little bit. A little bit too much, and I'd be upset if they did that, right? Like that's just giving away the movie at that point. I would like to see like some tease of like Captain Marvel seeing Iron Man and or all the Avengers for the first time, and just like her like dropping down from the sky, or I don't know, but maybe maybe some maybe some clips of more Thanos battles. I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many different ways this movie can go that it's almost impossible to predict this trailer. I agree. Do you think? Uh, do you think that? I mean, so. Do you think they're gonna show any imagery of anyone that's dead? That's dead now. Like, like maybe just them in full form. Maybe not how they come back. Like, just maybe like, like you know, somebody just smile, like Spider Man, just like swinging or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, just like a vision of them. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like a quick, like a quick blur to maybe. you know. I don't know if you remember the the, la- the the trailer that came out for Avengers three, the first, the very first one, but it was really just like this kind of like glorious, like epic um like recount of the past movies and just kind of giving you know shine to you know what they've done in the past so maybe they will go that route and they'll show their heroes you know in past battles and then i don't know tease this big avengers 4 thing but i mean there's so many different ways i'm just i'm just super excited to see it tomorrow i mean i can't wait i'm basically gonna be up all night just like praying and hope praying and hoping it gets leaked or something but i don't know uh, so you're you're being pretty quiet about this. I just don't know what to expect. Like, I mean, I'm I, I know what I think's gonna happen, but I don't think they're gonna tease any of that with this trailer. Not this uh, far from the movie. I think it's gonna be a lot of vague scenes, flash bang kind of kind of stuff, and we're not gonna get much out of it. But it'll be cool, and it's gonna hype the movie up. It's not gonna spoil spoil anything. Okay. All right, well, let's see what happens, and we'll revisit this next week when we come back. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, speaking of that, we're going to try putting out some more podcasts, I mean, more frequently. Hopefully, they'll be a little bit shorter. I keep saying this every podcast, but we're going to do our best to put out more podcasts. But let's get into our sports talk. Let's move on. Um, our bread and butter, you know what it is. You know what time it is. And there's some big injuries I'm personally looking forward to hearing about. Um I said, I mean, we can let you take it off or you can let me hit you up with some questions. Um, but first off, I want to hear about Mitchell Trubisky because that's my boy. And we're coming off 8-3, and three, just like the Texans are coming off 8-3. and three, So shout out to all of our teams. I mean, we're looking like some Super Bowl contenders. And Mitchell Trubisky is the key to that. So are we seeing him back? I know there's some... There's some rumors going out there on the interwebs that this is actually not an AC joint injury. So maybe we can yeah. have you dispel your, this, your this favorite theory. television doctor, as Mike Zimmer would say. Blacker, blacker, blacker. 
<laughs> you know, when I saw the video, <laughs> he, you know, he's, with all due respect, he's pretty adamant about this being not an AC joint sprain. When I see the video, I see a possible AC sprain and it fits with the timeline. So I, I don't, first of all, I don't think it matters whether it's an AC joint sprain or not. I think the timeline is still the same, whether it's, um, you know, a, a cuff tendonitis or an AC sprain. I, I think he's, he probably could have played Sunday if it was a very, necessary game or sorry the game was on thursday if it had been on sunday i think he could have played um and as far as this week goes it's kind of be the same situation you've seen matt Nagy be very very cautious with his star players returning from injury especially against teams with subpar records so coming up against the giants on sunday mitch should be able to start i think if it was a playoff game mitch would start the real question is how cautious is Nagy going to be with mitch uh chase daniel was not terrible in his backup role. So that might push him also to to kind of give Mitch another week of rest and make sure his shoulder gets right for the upcoming playoff stretch. Um, but, yeah, you know, if, if this was a playoff game, I think Mitch would be playing. And from a Bears standpoint, I think Chase Daniels came in and did exactly what he had to do. He didn't play so well that you got the – the people screaming for, you know, the Chase Daniel bandwagon screaming for Chase Daniels to start. Yeah, the Chase Daniel truthers. They're out Chase there, bro. Daniel truthers. They are out there. And he didn't play so well that uh, – he didn't play so badly that we didn't lose yet. I mean, he had, what, like 250 yards and two touchdowns roughly. Um, so Chase Daniels played well. I'm not – I'm not confident in him, against, in him going against the Rams, but I am a little bit confident in him going against the Giants just because it seems like they're tanking. Uh, I mean, you saw what Saquon did in the first half. I mean, that dude looked like Marshall Falk tied with Terrell Davis, tied with, you know, any great running back, Bo Jackson. Uh, and then in the second half, they just gave him five carries. So if that happens against the Bears, it's going to be a long, long night for the Giants. Yes. I had 27.4 points at halftime with Saquon, and I ended up with 27.5 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so – I mean, we'll see. Uh, hopefully Mitch is back. But let's move on to another big injury uh, of ours. We posted a video on our Twitter if you guys want to check that out. Uh, Melvin Gordon. There's a lot of um, angst amongst the fantasy football community because nobody has any idea except for maybe Assad about when he's coming back. Uh, is he going to be back um, before the playoffs? Is he going to be back for the char- before the Chargers make the playoffs? There's a lot of questions. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before the Chargers make the playoffs, I think definitely you'll see Melvin Gordon back. Before your fantasy playoffs, I am really concerned. Um, You know, what looked on the – if you look at the video on our timeline, you can see him get hit on the outside of the knee. And his foot kind of slips, which saved him from having a major knee injury, honestly. His foot slipping out there so that he didn't have contact with the ground when he got hit. I thought it was a mild MCL sprain when it happened. I thought maybe a couple weeks out was was a reasonable estimate. The MRI that night uh, showed a a, a grade two sprain of the MCL, which normally is a four to six week injury. So a grade two sprain, he's definitely not playing this week. He's probably not playing the next week, and he's probably not playing the week after that. And at that point, you're talking about your fantasy championship if you get that far. Melvin Gordon is probably not going to be there for the start of your fantasy playoffs. That's a scary thing to say. So I really hope you had gotten your handcuffed with Austin Eckler 
or had to, had just a stud, you know, running back waiting on your bench to to play because if you have Melvin Gordon, your fantasy title hopes are are in a dire situation. And Adi, how are you feeling about Austin Eckler? I mean, moving forward, is he is he the key to is he the key to winning championships? If you're in the playoffs, I mean, that's how I'm kind of feeling about him right now. Yeah, I mean, I've always I've I've always positioned my teams to be competitive in weeks 14 through 16. For me, seeding, uh, players how they perform in the first 10 weeks, that's all great and everything. But let's be honest, if you're active and you have a decent team, you're going to make the playoffs, right? So anyway, so Austin Eckler was one of somebody identified, as, as well as Malcolm Brown, by the way, uh, as people who could potentially be win you a league based on the amount of playtime they're going to get if, you know, said team was ahead of the division. Now, with the Chargers, they're going to be playing their best players at the end of the season because they're going against the Chiefs for the division. But Eckler is the exact sort of guy that Danny Woodhead was for Philip Rivers. And there's one thing we know about Philip Rivers is he loves that dump off back. He loves that Danny Woodhead versatility type of person. And Eckler's gonna kill it while Gordon's gone. And if Gordon doesn't come back, I can see I can easily see Eckler come near 20 points in standard leagues, easily in PPR leagues, but even 15 to 20 points in standard leagues a game from he, every game here on out for the rest of the season. And uh, just to add to that, I was going to say Malcolm Brown. The reason I've always mentioned Malcolm Brown is because I can totally see for championship week 16 or 15, Todd Gurley getting us some rest and uh, Malcolm Brown picking up a lot more carries, if not all of them by week 16, if they wrap that up. Well, you know, I thought that too, but with the Saints surging like they are, the Rams are going to be fighting for home field in, in those last couple of weeks. So I think, I think Gurley could be, a, could be safe in week 15 and 16. But you know, you bring up a good point. If you have one of these stud running backs, you you better be get, have their handcuffed some somewhere on your bench. Yeah, you know, yeah. Spencer Ware or Wayne Gallman for for the Saquon owners. You know, you got you got to have these guys somewhere. Presumably, uh, week fourteen is week thirteen is off the books, but week fourteen they're playing the Bears, so presumably Gurley will be playing in that week. So you'll he'll be safe for your playoff uh, week one of the playoffs. Um, week two and week three are a little bit questionable. The Rams win that but game. But is he even gonna? Is he even gonna gain ten yards against the Bears? That's a, that's a. I mean, if they that's beat the Bears, hell of a matchup. yeah. If they beat the Bears, I mean, your theory might come to play, right? They might already have that two seat locked up, uh, and the Saints might already have a one seat locked up at that point. But we, I mean, that's a little bit too far in the future. Um, but yeah, that, you make a very interesting point that I actually didn't think about. Uh, Asad, is there any other injuries that? You want to talk about? I know Andy Dalton sent to the you IR. You know, experimental pick. Sorry, sorry, the whole thing just like fast forwarded ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, go ahead, Adi. Okay, so uh, what I was gonna say is, uh, everyone has those like experimental picks, like that wide receiver who you think is gonna end up panning out and not panning out. At this point, I just feel you should transition those players that are not gonna be useful for you anymore. Never wire. Exactly to a guy like or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, you're playing. You're playing for the immediate future right now. Especially if you're, you know, in the playoffs, you better you got to secure weeks the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to some other non fantasy relevant injuries. Uh, well, let's let's talk about one fantasy relevant injury that's that uh, you know someone on here preached for last podcast. Uh, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. A little bit. He's got the Ravens. He's got the Ravens two and zero in his two starts. He's had twenty plus fantasy points each week. 
based pretty much solely on his running ability, which is what we said was going to happen, right? To be fair, and, though, to be fair though, check the schedule. He's been playing some pretty bad teams. But look at his fantasy playoff schedule. He's got a he's got a beautiful schedule lined up for his fantasy playoffs. And Joe Flacco is going to be out this week again. He's still not medically cleared to go. If Lamar Jackson wins three in a row with the with the Ravens in the playoff hunt, how can you sit him? How can the Ravens sit him to get Flacco back? I don't see it. He, no, might, nice. he might have a great no, no, not happening. Not happening. Flacco's I mean, not playing. Really? See, I don't think you can really explain it to your fan base. By taking Lamar Jackson out, how can you explain that to a fan base? I mean, I mean they made, they made, they, so you know they've already been giving Lamar a lot of you know snaps, not a lot, but they've been giving him some snaps until he took over, right? I think they're going to give him more snaps, but I think there's a lot in the playbook that you just can't do with uh, like deeper throws, more complex things in the playbook when when playoffs and you know the latter part of the season comes around. That I just think the coaching staff is going to go in Flacco. I mean, if he's even healthy, I mean, that's the that's if the number one. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. If he's even, if he's even like, this is a, a great situation in the sense that if Flacco's even eighty percent healthy, there's no reason to rush him back, right? And, like, no and here's the thing with with Flacco's hip, you know, he doesn't have a dislocated hip like uh, uh, who was that tight end that was on the Ravens? It wasn't Max Williams with two X's. Uh, Pitta. Dennis Pitta. Pitta. It was Pitta. Yeah, Pitta, who had who had major hip issues. Um, this isn't like that, but it's it's enough to where you know the coach has said he doesn't have a tear in his labrum. He's dealing with uh, you know with we can assume to be hip instability, but this is something that they could sit him presumably for the rest of the year, and Lamar Jackson becomes a starting quarterback for the Ravens, and that's not out of the question. Lamar Jackson to me is a must own right now. All right. Uh, I, I mean, even even just for the prospects, I mean, it, no. you know, the, the upside is there. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a keeper league and Lamar Jackson is somehow available, I would. No, keep I mean, him. <laughs> if you're going to the playoffs, put him on your bench. Yeah, for sure. I think I think so. I mean, he's gonna get. You know why? Because his his downside is so high. Yeah, he's got a seal. He's very high. Great Great He's got a great seal, and he's gonna he's gonna get at least one rushing touchdown a game. Maybe. Or and and no, I mean, if he's not, he's the only well, his, his, rushing, with Lamar. his rushing. His rushing. The only issue I have with Lamar is number one, rushing quarterbacks are easily figured out. Not necessarily in the first three weeks of them playing. Uh, usually it happens after a season, but they do get figured out pretty quickly. Uh, number two, I'm worried about his interceptions. He's not a great passer. So he does have that the volatility of – I mean, he has the volatility of throwing a touchdown, but then he also has that volatility of him always running and fumbling or him throwing a pick. So, I mean, he's just a really volatile player at this point. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if he has three really good weeks and he's playing and he has 200 yards rushing as long with, like, 200 yards passing and a passing touchdown, then, I mean, he's top five quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, with Joe Flacco possibly, you know, skirting the IR right now, we had a couple other players enter the IR. Andy Dalton went to the IR um, this past week with a thumb injury, his uh, ulnar collateral ligament. Which brings Jeff, was it Jeff Driscoll? Sean Driscoll? Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Sean Driscoll. (laughs) (laughs) University of Florida's finest. (laughs) Brings him into the fold. Are you, do any any of you own AJ Green? I have Tyler Boyd in a few leagues and I'm a a little worried. 
You should be. So we can uh, say RIP to that period in history where Cincinnati was the best football team in Ohio. I think the Browns from here on out is going to take it back. Uh, of course, that's like winning a triple-A trophy in baseball. But... <laughs> yeah, the Bengals are terrible right now. Yeah, that's that's real, absolutely terrible. The real question I have with the Browns, uh, and I heard this on – I heard someone else talking about this, but um, right now it seems like Saquon is rookie of the year. But the Browns currently – and Baker Mayfield is currently winning – has won what, like – Two in a row, and he and he's taken them to four four wins out of their last five or something. I could just be making that up, but I mean, if Baker continues winning and Saquon continues losing like the Giants are, how can you justifiably not give the Rookie of the Year to Baker? Because Saquon did it. For, Saquon might be the best running back period besides Gurley at the end of the year. That's why I don't think the rookie position matters. I think he might be the like the second or third best running back period but in the league. Our, but if we're talking about value, right? And we and we all and we do this for MVP and every other award, right? The quarterback position is more valued than the running back position. So if you play quarterback better than a running back plays running back, does that not necessarily We'll see. So like like if, if they win eight or nine games, I could see it. I could see it. But I think they gotta at least get to five hundred. Yeah, and especially, much, especially with, I mean, especially yeah. after Hugh Jackson got fired, especially after uh, Todd Haley got fired, no head, no offensive coordinator, no head coach, and now he's just winning games. I mean, this is not supposed to be happening with the Browns, right? Like, this is not supposed to be happening with their offense either. Well, somebody thought they would win four or five games. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's not. It's not supposed to be happening at this rate. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's enough of the Browns. We should stop discussing them. But yeah, well, I think- no, no. I want to. I want to talk about one more thing. How how bad was Hugh Jackson as a coach? Like, w- were we just being like, is it just a mirage? Not like, was he hiding how bad terrible. it was? It was monumentally like it, like what his you story mean hiding. Bad. We already everyone. He got fired. We knew he was bad, but I mean, okay. So here's my so- deal. Here's my deal. I knew he was bad. But if you're going to keep him after going 0-32 and yeah. then he wins two games, then why are you firing him? That yeah, I, went one, I thought they went 1-31. and 31. No, they went – they won a game for two years. No, they won a game in the first year, in the first almost unwinnable season. And then, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then they went – You get my point. You get my yeah. point, though. Like, like – like, I didn't understand them. Like, if they were going to fire him, they should have fired him in the offseason. I don't understand yeah. when the team was kind of on the upside. Unless they feel like he was holding them back even now. And I guess they're right. But, yeah. I just this. This was – the Bengals hiring him as a special assistant. This was his one chance to, uh-huh. like, <laughs> to do something, to prove uh-huh. something. Yo, <laughs> I, I read on – I read on Twitter this was uh, Hugh Jackson's best uh, coaching job for the Browns all year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm not right. sure if the Browns players were trolling him or just uh, – I mean, they were giving him hand, game balls. <laughs> I don't know. It was a crazy situation. So, I Yeah, mean, and then Baker gave him the little shrug, and, yeah. you know. Shout out to Hugh Jackson providing constant entertainment. Were there any other injuries you need to touch on? I, I can't even remember. Andy Dalton, we talked about. Melvin Gordon, we talked about. Joe Flacco kind of hit on. Kenny uh, Drake. Kenny and Drake. Yeah. Kenny Drake will be. Um, so, so Norwell went to the IR with his ankle sprain. You're not going to see him again. Um, 
especially with the Jaguars being this bad. Great guard, too. Great, great player for them. But Jaguars are a mess. Also talking about messes. Um, you know, you know, the Jaguars are bad when Jalen Ramsey is losing his trash talking battles against uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen actually won. He, he Yo, won can against I, can Jalen I, Ramsey. Josh Allen's actually good. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm not sold on the good thing, but what I am sold on is his composure. Because if I, if you talked all that mess about me and I scored that touchdown, I'd be going around the whole stadium. He gave him the Conor McGregor dance and flexed on him. So that's enough for yeah, him, bro. And that run was enough it. too, man. He flexed on him with that run. And I, I like you that salty <laughs> ass. You know, I went from liking Jalen to hating Jalen this season so bad. Really? Like, I, I like how his salty ass couldn't even be like, oh, man, he got us. He's like, trash ass Josh Allen beat us. Like, okay, what do you mean? This there, trash there, ass makes, ran over you. That makes you trash. Question. I don't know. Yeah. Is there any doubt that he doesn't end up on the Redskins with Ruben Foster next season? <laughs> He's totally one of the Redskins, right? He's got to be. Who, Jalen? Yeah. You're not trading him, man. Never. As 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 much as much crap as we as we talk, he's he, he's still like top three corner and very young and probably has a chance to be an elite corner for ten years. I don't think they're gonna trade him. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so Kenyon Drake, I think, will probably plays in be questionable questionable dealing with an AC sprain for a running back. Not a huge issue because they don't throw as much, so uh, he's just gonna be at risk of falling on that shoulder and reactivating it. But I think he'll probably play. Um, what else? I think that's it, right? Fournette punished a guy. That's not an injury, but same game. Yeah, I guess that is it. I mean, we can move <laughs> on. Uh, we can talk about um, the UCF uh, college playoff chances now. Now that Mackenzie Milton is hurt, I said, I mean, you can give us a breakdown. That was a pretty severe injury. So that, yeah, that's probably one of the worst injuries you can have in any anything. Honestly, when your knee dislocates like that. Is one thing that's that's a true orthopedic emergency, and that puts your artery at risk. The the artery right behind your knee, the popliteal artery, which his was injured, so he had to have surgery for that. Also, his nerve was injured, um, which is similar to Jalen Smith. Uh, you know, Zach Miller had this injury last season when he. I'm still gonna say he caught that touchdown pass. Uh, I think against the Seahawks, if I remember right. But yeah, his uh, his 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 career is in serious jeopardy right now. Like like very very serious jeopardy. But it really stinks because he was a he was a big prospect, and that's a lot of money that he's going to lose out on. I think Ali's trying to say something, but we can't hear him. I was gonna. Say, <laughs> I'm like I'm bad. I was just saying that I just read today that they finally restored blood flow to his leg. Yeah, that's crazy. Like they're not even yeah. worried about. The, the rest of it, they're like, we just no, got no. blood back. <laughs> at this point, it's not. Yeah, at this point, it's not his football career. It's saving his leg. That's that's the key. They're trying to save his leg. Wow, and that brings me to, I guess, like, let's talk about like UCF's chances overall. Like, what 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 do we got to do? Like, obviously, we're biased. We're U of H fans. We're in the same conference. But at what point does a uh, does one of these? You know, we're clearly the next best conference. Not in the power five or whatever. Well, what if you can't win out two years in a row, win your big six bowl game, you know, dominate every team you meet practically, except for a close game here or there to a good opponent. 
What do you, what what do we have to do to get into the playoffs? I mean, maybe me and Amon are biased. What do you think, Austin, as someone that on the outside of this? What do you, what do you think? What what has to happen for a six program for the American team to get in? You you need to you have to have that signature win. You need to find a top ten team, a powerhouse SEC team, and beat them. That's it. And you you got to get the national attention. Let me let me debunk all. Let me just debunk everything that's going on here because what's happening in UCF is a, tra- a tragedy, a travesty, and it's and it's clear collusion by the college playoff football uh, college playoff football committee. I don't even say that right. College football playoff committee. I'm saying that right now. Um, okay, so let's talk about the AAC number one. Uh, people give us a lot of shit for the AAC not being that good. I would argue that it's, I mean, it's not it's not a Power Five conference, but it's clearly not as it's not as bad as people think. I mean, we're not we're not the Pac-12, but I mean, the Pac-12 and, and the schedule of, of UCF for someone like Washington is not significantly different. I mean, they're still UCF is still playing ranked teams like Cincinnati. I mean, they're Dude, still playing. Name good teams. one program in entire sports that Rutgers or Illinois is better than U of H. Name one program like swimming, golf, any of this. Yeah, but anyway, it's not continue. possible. So, so let's talk about the AAC's bowl, bowl record in 2017. Louisiana Tech loses to SMU. Okay, Temple beats Florida International. South Florida beats Texas Tech. Houston beats Fresno State. Navy beats Virginia. Memphis beats Iowa State. Central Florida beats Auburn. We didn't lose a single bowl game last year. Not Crazy. to anybody, not played all power five teams and didn't lose a single bowl game. Okay, so now UCF has gone undefeated for two years in a row. And we have the likes of, I think the playoff rankings just got released like as this podcast was going on. So Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia is at number four, Oklahoma's at five, Ohio State's at six, Michigan's at seven, and UCF's at eight. At this point, it would require Georgia to lose to, uh, to Alabama, Oklahoma to lose to Texas, and uh, and Ohio State to lose. Um, and even then, Michigan still might get in above them. Even then, Oklahoma still might. Get oh, in above a two-loss two Georgia will definitely a get two, in over them. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, to your to your question, at this point, if they don't get in undefeated, there's nothing they can do. So here, here's my issue with the whole thing. The whole point of making this college football playoff was to see situations like this, like like bear it out, right? We want to see who the best team in college football is. Why are we still at four teams? Why haven't we expanded this this bracket to include teams like UCF? Like, don't you want don't you want Cinderella stories? The the NCAA basketball tournament lives off Cinderella stories every year. That is the driving factor for getting views. And why won't college football is it's not a money issue. They, if they want money, they should get these Cinderella teams into the tournament to make runs. And and in UCF's defense, these guys have a brand new stadium, fifty thousand seats sold out every game. They're in Orlando. They're actually the number one largest university in America, too, like by student enrollment. So it's just, I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, the other the other theory I had is if you well, really want to make it, you need a transcendent star on your team. Like for example, if Houston did it with Ed Oliver. Or and Derek King, like our players were more on Heisman radars than there were, if that makes sense. Sure. And I would also like to debunk the the idea that UCF has to play uh, a top ranked team because that's just not happening. Teams are afraid 
They are literally afraid to schedule those games. A top SEC team is not going to schedule an out-of-conference game against UCF and lose because they know they're going to lose. And, I mean, if the college football playoff, if the committee wants to put it to the test, put UCF in the, in, in the playoffs. Let's see what happens. If they're really that bad, let's see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they get beat by Alabama, let's see what happens because I want to see what happens. The fans want to see what happens. It's it's what's fair. It's what's right. But I mean, that's just I agree. Yeah, and so. and I think fund the fundamental issue is if it's not right, then why do we have one league then? Why are they not playing in a different league? If no matter what you do, an X league can't take you to the championship, then why are we in the same division? Like the overall thing, because that makes no sense, right? Like exactly. the whole point of Division One is that like. If I do everything I'm supposed to do, I have a shot at a title, right? Like, we're in the same league together. If I keep winning year after year after year in your league, I should have a shot at the title. So, if that, if, if, again, if, if, US, if UCF wins out again, man, like, at what point is the court system going to turn on NCAA? You know, it's getting ridiculous. It is. Um, let's move on to, I guess, our last topic of the day. Adi, I know you have some some – Strong feelings about this. Uh, we can just hit on it real quick. But the River versus Boca rivalry, which for our American fans who don't know, is the number one rivalry across all of sports. I mean, we're talking bigger than. I mean, I, 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 I would I would say in uh, club sports, right? Like we all know India Pakistan cricket ain't nothing beat okay. that. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Club <laughs> sports, but like bigger than Bears Packers, you know. Lakers, Celtics, Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox, Yankees, Barcelona, Real Madrid. These are some crazy, crazy, crazy fans. So Ali, take it away. I mean, if you got, you can touch on yes. it a little bit. Let our fans know so what happened. I mean, if you don't know what happened, dear listeners, basically you have a tournament called the Copa Libertadores, which is like the 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 number one tournament of all the leagues in South America, and uh, Boca and River. Uh, both are teams in Buenos Aires, Argentina, who and they their 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 rivalry is called the Super Clasico, and they ended up meeting in the whole South American tournament final against each other. So like the only American comparison I can give you is basically like a Yankees Mets World Series, but imagine every team in the continent played, not just the Major League Baseball. And uh, what happened was uh, the first leg was two two. Generally, Boca fans uh, are – I mean, you really don't want to pick because they can be crazy too. But the River fans are a little bit more, I guess you can say, hardworking, blue-collarish, Pittsburgh Steeler as opposed to New England Patriot fan. And uh, long story short, as a bus was leaving the Boca area to, to enter the River Plata area for the stadium, it got attacked. Top window shot. fans. By fans, yes, by fans. Attack, not like terrorists, not, not by like fans. A, by fans. Uh, you can Google it. I encourage you to Google it. It will change the way you look at sports and rivalries. These guys got were getting attacked. Their windows broke. The cops shot tear gas. Obviously not at the players, at the fans. But when the windows went down, the tear gas ended up going into the bus. And apparently, like, somebody took a tear gas canister that was thrown at them and threw it into the bus. And so, basically, the players were uh, hospitalized. Well, not hospitalized, but they needed uh, pretty much primary care. And uh, so two or three players had glass in their eyes. 
and everyone was throwing up from the tear gas. And, uh, and you know the best part? Tell me. The best part is this is not even the craziest part of the story. No, you keep going. I think I yeah. think what happened afterwards is crazier than this. Yeah, so basically what happened is um, they got to the, to the stadium and they're like, you guys got to play one hour. So you guys got, got guys throwing up, doctors like doing CPR people. You got like doctors taking out shards of glass from eyes, guys with eye patches on, blood rolling out their heads. And they're like, all right, guys, 15 minutes you need to play. And it just became a shit show of a situation because – the fans were ready to burn down the stadium if the game didn't happen. FIFA, as we, as any fan of soccer knows, is just the single worst organization in the history of the world of sports. Who, who I will say, who also wanted them to play. Yeah. <laughs> just know FIFA's on the wrong side of history on this one, per usual. Yeah. So, <laughs> Boca players like, dog, we can't do this. Like... And uh, FIFA's like, if you go, don't do this, you forfeit the championship, the whole chip. And uh, long story short, even though they didn't, you know, it was like a detente because the River players didn't check on the Boca players. But supposedly the River players are like, we refuse to go outside uh, in a sign of solidarity. And, and that ended up delaying the match. And then they were going to play it the next day. And again, I think even the next day was a bit intense. Uh, and uh, luckily that didn't happen. So and now so apparently think, they're gonna play it in Miami. Is what I read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we're gonna benefit in America. <laughs> As you know, another third world country fucks up, we get the benefit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little unfortunate but, because I mean we kind of. As as soccer fans, I mean, unfortunate for the players that that happens to them. But as soccer fans, we're kind of robbed of this glorious Argentinian rivalry match because some stupid fans wanted to, you know, interfere with the players. And, and by some, he means thousands, of stupid thousands. <laughs> thousands of crazy ass fans. So, so sad, did you see? Sad. Did you see the video of them trying to storm into the stadium? Crazy! It's it's you know, nuts. Yo, you know what's crazy in my head is like maybe this is why the Argentina soccer team can never get on the same team. Like yeah, maybe like like, like 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 if these are the sort of beefs that doesn't just go away on Tuesday when you're yeah. playing Colombia, you know what I mean? Like, and, like I mean, do these beef permeate through the to the players? So like would I mean well, you said yes, river the, players the, the, the Boca players said like look, credit to the river players for saying they're not going out and playing. But the Boca players were pretty pissed off. Like these guys didn't even check on us. They didn't even come to our locker room, see if we're okay, or like say sorry about their fans. Like, but I mean, again, like you know, I think see again, Boca and River, they don't really have the Messi's and the Gueros of the world. So they're, you're dealing with you know the up and coming Argentinian stars. So yeah, either way, messy situation, guys. <laughs> and and do you have any uh, uh literally messy like Lionel Messi situation because it's in Argentina? But but um, do you have any word on when the next game is? I I think I was saw something like it's December December eighth or ninth, I believe. December eighth or ninth, yeah. All right, so they gave them like another two weeks or so to prepare, which is good. Yeah. um, Can you imagine they're getting them two weeks now? At the time, they're getting them one hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, hopefully, it's a great match uh, with no distractions. Now that's in Miami. 
and no tear and gas or anything. Shout but, out to the Federation Internationale de Football Association for again being on the wrong side of history. <laughs> yeah, but is there anything else you guys want to talk about on this podcast? H Town, eight wins in a row, son, coming for the Bears. H Town. Yeah, hopefully we see a uh, a Texans Bears Super Bowl so the Bears can beat the Texans. But I also kind of want to see a Chargers Bears Super Bowl. Shout out to our our friend Kathan, uh, who is a who, who is a diehard San Diego Chargers fans, but passed before they had moved to LA. But shout out to Kathan. Hopefully that hopefully the Chargers make the Super Bowl above anybody else. To be honest, but sorry, but the Chargers are losing by one point in triple overtime <laughs> to the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't get a beat up. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Um, but yeah, that is it for our podcast today. As always, uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting application that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Anchor. Um, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram at J O C S A N D D O C S. That's J O C G O C J O C S A N D D O C S. Sorry, I'm messing that up. <laughs> um, and uh, we're gonna give out a thousand dollars to our thousandth follower. Just kidding. Just kidding. Five away. Five away. Five away. So follow, 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 please. Um, to any of our new listeners, thank you for listening. To any of our old listeners, thank you to listen. Thank you for listening. Yeah, y- y- y'all might not, y'all might think that this is silly. Like you, you look at your favorite TV doctor with his like forty thousand whatever followers, but. We 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 started this organically. We, we ain't got nothing. We, we built this in the like ground up. Foods. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, I mean, for us, a thousand followers is like that's that's something to, to be uh, excited about. So come follow us and ask us questions. We're here for you all. So you know, keep yeah. keep it up. To be honest, this was a celebration podcast. We didn't even want to talk. We just wanted to talk about how many followers we got. We were, we were about <laughs> to just let, we were about to just name off all the followers for an hour. Just <laughs> shout out a at. <laughs> yeah go ahead Look, how about this we, we won't give you a thousand dollars but if, if we hit a thousand before the next podcast i will we'll, we'll shout out the last five that got us to a thousand how about that yeah shout out to the last five <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think a thousand dollars doctor <laughs> <laughs> we'll have us on demand for you via text message. I got like a couple of y'all in my DM. I'm on, I am on demand. Call, call, t- call your company. Tell them you don't need insurance no more. We got you, Dr. Khalid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, thank you to our new and old followers. Um, thank you to my co-host for joining us on this podcast. Uh, hopefully we get to a thousand very soon by the time this podcast come out. Uh, so yeah. Um, thank you again for listening. Peace. Peace.